All right, this morning, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been caught off guard by something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, something surprised you or it was something you weren't expecting? Someone shouting like your wife when you do something wrong? What? Um, or a snake? That gets me every time. When I see those in a ditch, I just, I freak out, okay? I'm not a snake guy. Mice, they don't bother me so much, but that may freak you out. And may, you may be surprised by a mouse. Or a spider, or someone choking. You just get caught off guard and you're surprised. On the other side of that, we have things that we prepare for, that we know they're coming so we can anticipate them. Uh, if you've ever been at a track meet, you know there's a starter that's got a gun. You're anticipating that gun going off. Um, how about thunder from a thunderstorm? A loud noise from something dropping. You anticipate that happening. You're not so much surprised by it. Someone yelling at you when they're angry. I know it's coming. Just let me have it. Okay? You're anticipating that. Um, or a car honking their horn because you took two, you know, one second too long at the red light. We anticipate those things. What about in life? Has something ever caught you off guard or surprised you? A health situation. I didn't see this coming, God. Accident. A baby born with health issues. Totally surprised and caught off guard. Losing a baby to miscarriage. Felt that surprise too. Um, caught off guard by that. Sudden death of a family member or a friend. And we get totally caught off guard by these things and, and shocked by what's happening because you weren't prepared at all to face that. And then again, on the other side of this, we have things happen in life that we're kind of expecting and prepared for. Again, health situations. You might notice something's wrong with you. Um, and you go to the doctor and you're, you're prepared for a health situation. An accident from the vantage point of being prepared to brace yourself for that accident. Um, some babies born with health issues, you know ahead of time what you're facing, what's going to happen. You can prepare for those. A family member who's been sick for a long time, so you expect the end to be drawing near for them. And some of these things you can pre prepare for and you can come to expect. But when these sudden things come up in life, do you know that we have a part in preparing for them? We have a part in preparing for these sudden unexpected things. Whether they're expected or unexpected, we can prepare for those. And the way we prepare for these things that are expected or unexpected is found in the measure of faith that we have in God before it happens. We can prepare for that. Um, when things hit and tragedy hits and surprises hit, our measure of faith prepares us for those things. And we're going to talk about that this morning. You know, I'm responsible for my preparation for things that I'm going to go through in life. I'm responsible between me and God. If I don't put anything into that, when those things come up in my life, they're going to wipe me out. I'm not expecting them. I'm surprised by them, and they're going to destroy me because I haven't put much into my walk with the Lord to be prepared for those things. So will I be caught in the middle of the storm and forget the faith that I have? Or will I, will I understand and know that I've leaned into God for moments like this? This morning, if you will, please turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And we're all going to face storms in life. But what happens to us when those storms are unexpected? How will we respond? How do we respond? And we're going to dive into that this morning. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. If you're there, say, I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. 
<clears throat> now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for the opportunity to share your word, God, to this amazing group of people here in the building and the, and the amazing group of people that may be watching online, Father, help me through the power of your Holy Spirit to speak this word, speak it with clarity, speak it with authority, Father, with passion, and, and, and Father, just liberty in you. Help our minds and our hearts, Father, to be locked in on you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Unexpected storms is what we're going to talk about this morning. And a couple weeks ago, Sarah, side of the family, uh, went through an unexpected storm. Some of you guys may know that she lost a 24-year-old cousin in a, in a tragedy, in, a, in an accident. And through this storm, this tragedy that they faced, um, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me about unexpected storms in life. And I remembered this story in Mark, and I wanted to preach from that this morning. And we see in verse 35, as evening comes, Jesus tells him, let's go over to the other side. And Jesus and his disciples had just spent all day, um, and he was teaching and he was preaching different parables from this boat at the seashore. Now Jesus tells him, let's take the boat and travel at night to the other side. Now you can only assume he wanted to go at night because... He was a man who was about his father's business. You know, I'm just kind of reading into that, that he wanted to get to the other side because he knew the next morning, I've got things to do. And if you read on in Mark, as soon as they were over there, he had ministry to do. So maybe that was the reason he wanted to go through at the night, in the nighttime to get there for the ministry on the other side. But, you know, as you look at that, you know, just a little side note, the ministry of Jesus never stopped. When he started, he never stopped ministering to people. And he was all about his father's business, business as he was walking around. There wasn't time to just take a day off and stop his mission. And, you know, some other day, that's, a, that's something to preach on. Lazy Christians, where we feel like, ah, oh, just, today's just not a good day for me. So, Lord, we don't tell him this, but today's not a good day for me. I'm just going to take the day off and kind of chill out and just have a me day. That'll preach sometime. <laughs> You know, we can't afford to take days off. We can't afford to wake up and say, I'm just not going to serve you with everything I have today because I'm tired or I'm worn out or this is going wrong. There's a lost and dying world in a world that is totally messed up right now that needs us to be the example that they see of Jesus. You can just look, I mean, I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't watch the news a whole lot anyway, but it's a mess. And, and we cannot sit by as Christians, as followers of Christ, and, and do nothing and have those days where we just, I'm just not going to do ministry today because I don't feel like it. We can't take those days off. Verse 36, he says, they took him all along with him in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him. So they didn't even prepare. You know, wives, you have to prepare for a trip you go on and pack and pack and pack. And then we ask you, did you get everything? Because we didn't pack anything except what we needed to bring. Um, but they didn't prepare anything. They didn't even leave the ship they were on. He had been teaching all day from that spot, and now he says, let's go to the other side. 
In verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now this was no great surprise based on where the Sea of Galilee was located. This was in a deep basin and it was known for storms just coming out of the sudden, um, out of nowhere. So they're smack dab in the middle of the storm and the boat's beginning to fill with water. They were caught in an unexpected storm. Again, not unexpected for that area, but the severity and the, and the fierceness behind this storm is what surprised them and what was so expected during that time. Keep in mind that these guys were, some of them were also fishermen. So they had seen storms before, but this one shook them up. Have you ever had an unexpected storm just pop up out of nowhere in life? Raise your hand. A lot of us. We've been going along in life and then all of a sudden, boom, we're hit with something. And we don't know where it came from. We don't know how it happened. But right then we're in the middle of it and we're freaking out and we're scared because this wasn't what we had planned. We understand that. We've been there. We may be there right now, this morning. You may be right in the middle of a storm right now in your life and wondering, how, how in the world am I going to get out of this and get to the other side of it? Storms in life, in the life of a believer, can take the form of sickness, financial burdens, relationship struggles, fear, anxiety, um, the, again, the death of a loved one. And we know storms, we experience storms because we live, we live in a fallen world. That's just a reality that we're going to face things. During a storm of life, we suddenly get a glimpse of what's hiding inside of our heart. Is that true? During storms, we suddenly get a glimpse of what's hiding inside our heart. What comes out in the middle of that storm is what's hiding in our heart. So let's see what the disciples do as this unexpected storm begins to rock their world. And keep in mind, Jesus had just spent all day sowing seeds into them in the hearts of the disciples and the people that were there. And those seeds were about to be tested. Verse 38, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus had just finished a long day of ministry and was in a deep sleep in the stern of the ship. And, you know, during the storm of all times, he is asleep and sawing logs. So the storm is raging and tossing the ship back and forth and it's beginning to fill up and, and he's sleeping through all of it. Wives, how many of you have a husband that could do the same thing? <laughs> Sarah's dad, he's here this morning. <laughs> he can do that. Our, you know, he can sleep through anything. He, he hears nothing. Um, so in that way, you are like Jesus, Gary. Way to go. Uh, <laughs> all right. But to us, you know, have we ever been in the middle of a storm in our own lives and we feel like, man, is Jesus sleeping right now? Does he even know what's going on in my life? Have you anybody, I want to be honest, and you felt like that? Where are you at, God? Where are you at in this? Are you ignoring me? And that's exactly where we find the disciples in this moment. These disciples have been traveling around with Jesus before this, so they knew his strength, they knew his power, they knew his healings, they, they, they knew the teachings, they knew all of that. But yet, they're struggling. They're struggling right here in the midst of us, of this storm. And they thought he, he doesn't even care. 
that we're about to perish. We're, in the, again, in the same boat as the disciples. We know what the Bible says. We know what God has done in our life up to this point now. We know how strong he is. We know how mighty he is. We know that everything we need and want is found in him. But we panic when these storms come. We doubt. We question. We don't understand why it's happening. Do you not care, God, that we're perishing in the midst of this battle, this storm that we're going through? Do you not care? And a lot of times as Christians, we're guilty of magnifying the storm instead of magnifying the one that can control the storm. We do it all the time. It, it comes, it hits all of a sudden, and then all of our focus goes right on that storm. And we forget the one that can control it all. Even as Christians, we do that. We're so easy to forget that he's in control of everything because we're so locked in on how big that storm is. Guilty, I've done it too. So we know that although they had been with Jesus through a lot of the good and powerful things already, their faith seems to be lacking right there. It seems to be lacking. And they had to have some sort of faith because, you know, they did call out his name and wake him up. So I think, you know, their prayer life was good, but their faith wasn't as strong maybe as what they thought it was. Amen for us too. You know, I can pray, but maybe I'm really not, my faith isn't where it needs to be, so I don't believe totally that God's going to do what he said he would do. I can sympathize with the disciples instead of judging their lack of faith because, again, I've been there in life. I've struggled through storms, and I've questioned, what are you doing? Why would I have to go through this? Why would we have to go through this? Why? So I can understand where they're coming from, and I can relate to that in my own life. But I want to tell you guys something. It's found in Romans 8, 34. Jesus is not asleep in the middle of your storm. He is not asleep during the middle of your storm. Romans 8, 34, he is at the right hand of God and he is making intercession for us right now. Again, if we'll take our focus off of the storm that we're in the middle of and put it on him, we'll realize that he's got it under control. He's right there with us. Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus! Unexpected? There's just something about his name. And we sang it this morning. There's so much power behind the name of Jesus, enough to make the winds and the waves and, and all that stuff cease. And be still in the middle of a storm. And when storms usually go through waters, it takes a while after. The, the water's troubled for a, a while after that. But not when Jesus speaks. Peace be still, it's all calm right away. Amen. That's the amazing thing about that too. It was all calm right away. And just like that, he brings everything into order. And I've seen that in my life too. Just like that, God moves. And I'm on the other side of that storm. I'm like, how did you do that? And then I'm questioning, how did you do that? 
You know, my doubt, my fear, my anxiety says there's no way I'm getting through this. And then just like that, you deliver and you move. And now I'm wondering how in the world did he do that? Only God. Only God. Jesus may have been asleep, but I believe his heart was fully awake to his disciples. He was trying the faith of his disciples. He was trying to stir up their prayers because he knew that it was coming. He knows the storms that are coming in our life. And I think we forget that sometimes too. And I want to just mention something right here. I'm about to dry out here. I just want to mention something that churches go through storms as well. Nobody wants to talk about them, but everybody sees them. And sometimes we can feel like as a church that, that Jesus is asleep and he's not listening. Where are you at in this, God? Where are you at? But I'm telling you this morning, he is listening. He's not left us. He's not forsaken us. He's listening. He knows what's going on. And we have a master, we have a captain in, in charge of this ship in Jesus that will not let us sink. Amen. That will not let us perish. If we will just take our eyes off of everything going on and lock back in on the main thing, being the main thing. Uh, Kathy talked about it on Wednesday night. When Jesus is lifted up and not all the junk, then he draws people into that because we're magnifying him and he's the center of everything we're doing. He's not going to let us sink. Jesus is awakened by the prayers of his people. Hallelujah and thank you for that. And the Holy Spirit's not only with us, but he is in us. You know, the disciples... I say only had, but, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Only had Jesus with them in the boat, but today we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus inside of us. And he left that for us to do greater things than he had walked the earth doing. Do we understand that reality? I left you the Holy Spirit to do greater things through me. Greater things. And he did all kinds of powerful and awesome things, and we have that power in us to do greater things. We gotta walk in that. We gotta believe that. We gotta understand that. And I wish that I could say my faith is always. My first response is, you know, I love you, Lord, and I know you're gonna get me through this. But if I'm being honest, I don't always do that. Do you always do that? As soon as I go through a storm, Lord, I know you got this. Woo! I'm not even gonna worry about it. No, we don't do that. And I'm being honest here that I don't always turn to Jesus with everything I have and serve him with everything I have right when I'm in the middle of those storms, those unexpected storms. I'm guilty. You're guilty too. We forget who he is. And I'm so thankful that Jesus still, um, in spite of my doubting, in spite of my turning my back on him at times and being angry that I have to go through things, I'm so glad that he still extends grace and kindness and mercy even in the midst of my doubts. Because we're not so, what's the word? We're not so kind and merciful to people when that happens to us. You know, I'm still going to be here for you in spite of you 
tearing me down. I'm still going to be merciful to you in spite of you trying to come up against me. But Jesus does that. He extends that to us no matter what. We have to get this ingrained deep in our hearts that God's word is final. Not David's word, not Sarah's word, not Carlin's word. God's word is final. What he says is what's going to happen. I also believe that uh, that storms are they're a testing of our faith. You guys have heard this before. That if if you never have to go through anything, how can you ever gauge your faith? How can you ever know what kind of faith you have if you never have to deal with anything? That's not faith at all. It's just everything going great all the time. The test is to see if we will hold on to God's promises or will we give in to fear? We have the choice. Am I going to hold on to God's promises that are found in his word that are yes and amen, they're true, they're they're guaranteed, or am I going to just live in fear during the midst of what I'm going through? We have those choices. Will we look to God first or do we rely on ourselves? I can fix it. I can fix it for my family. And the truth is we can't. A lot of times we can't fix it. Do we keep our eyes on him or do we focus on the wind and the waves? You know, I I don't think God holds things against us, but I do think that he expects us to mature in our faith. Amen? Amen? I think he, you know, as we get to know him and as we learn more about him and as we study his word, as we fellowship together, as we worship, that he expects us to mature. You know, the scripture talks about not staying on the milk all the time. We are supposed to progress in our faith and get stronger and stronger. And I know there's things that come up and things we have to battle, but there's a maturity that I think he expects us to start walking in. You know, if you're the same in your faith now as you were 10 years ago, it's not a good place to be. We are lifelong learners of the gospel, progressing every day, every week, to make ourselves stronger and stronger in our faith. If we're not doing that, when these things come, they wipe us out. You see people quit the church. You see people uh, go back to addictions and problems because their faith was not maturing. It didn't grow. It didn't go where God wanted to take them. So when a storm or battle comes at them, it wipes them out. We see that all the time. When God gives a word, he doesn't change it because storms come into our life. The word that he gave over our life doesn't change just because a storm has come our way. We have to understand that too. I think, you know, all of us would love to just walk into a storm and have complete faith that God's going to work it all out. Some way, somehow, He's got this. We'd love to have that level of faith. But we're human. But we serve a supernatural God. Again, getting that in our hearts and our minds that he can do anything. It's also worth noting in this story that the disciples wake him um, more with an accusation. You know, they weren't asking for mercy. They were saying, we're not even sure. We're not even sure you care about us right now. Do you not care that we're going to perish? 
Do you not care that we're going under here? Again, have you ever been that way with God? You ever been frustrated or confused by what was going on in your life? Maybe you're like me and you ask these questions. I've asked them with Jackson when he was born. I've asked him when we lost a baby to a miscarriage. I've asked him when different things. I asked him two weeks ago when a 24-year-old girl is gone. Being honest. Why did you allow this to happen, God? You've been there before? Amen. When's all this going to end, God? Why did you do this to me? I've said all those things throughout my walk with the Lord. I even sat in a, in a waiting room at Cardinal Glennon and say, I'm done with you, God. I hate you. Me. I said those things to him. And I'm so thankful, despite my frustrations, despite my anger, despite my disappointment, that he didn't leave me. That he didn't say, okay, Rick, just have it your way. I'll see you later. Because I, I finally came to the realization that he was the only one that was going to get me through that storm. Without him, I'm not going to make it. And it took a little while because I'm hard-headed like some of you guys are. But we have to understand that he's in control. That he's got it no matter what it looks like to our human eyes. That's not what he sees through. He sees through. He sees through the supernatural power that he has. Sometimes, you know, that anger and frustration, that's how we choose to deal with the storms of life. And again, I'm so glad that he doesn't leave us stranded, even when we say things we don't mean. His heart's always for us, even when we can't see it in the midst of what we're going through. And I can't stress this enough. You know, I talked to earlier about how we focus on the storm instead of focusing on God. When you're going through something, first thing is, don't isolate. Do not isolate yourself away from everybody because you're dealing with a struggle in your life. I've been on that side of it too, and it does no good for you. Surround yourself with a body of believers, with a group of Christian friends that will lift you up, that will pray on your behalf, and will be there for you whenever you're going through whatever you're going through. You find some people in your life that you can look up to, that you can depend on and say, if I call so-and-so, I know they're going to be there for me. So I'm not going to hold this in. I'm going to share my hurt and my pain and what I'm going through so I can have somebody encourage me and help me through this. And most importantly, run to the throne room of grace and fall down on your knees and say, God, I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. And I need your help. And that's so humbling to have to do that. It can be. Because we want to try to fix. We want to try to make people happy or do this or do that. And God's saying, just come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, peace, be still. That's found in him. Verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And again, this is a natural reaction for us as well. We get fearful. 
but we can't let that lead to unbelief in our life. Believe he will do what he said he would do. And I've learned over the years that God's going to come through one way or another. It may not be always the way that I planned it or the way I thought it was going to happen, but he'll come through. And he will teach you so much in the middle of those storms. Sometimes it, it takes a little while to see that. But when he does it, and he's so good at reminding you, remember how I was faithful to you back when you went through that? Remember how I helped you when you struggled with this? Remember my faithfulness, and I'm not going to let you go. We have to remember his faithfulness. Faith gets rid of fear. You know, how many of you guys are ever fearful? Faith gets rid of fear, but only in proportion to the amount of faith you have in Jesus. So if I'm always walking around in fear all the time, I'm really not putting a lot of faith in the God I serve. I'm letting that control me instead of his Holy Spirit working through me. Let's finish up the passage here. And then they, they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples were struck with great awe by what Jesus had done. They were like, you know, what's going on here? Even the winds and the waves obey him? It says they're fear, they feared exceedingly. So it was probably even more than what this, you know, we were just in this weird storm, this powerful storm. But now, look at this guy. He can even tell the wind and the waves that, hey, peace, be still. So now they got a different kind of fear in them. Woo, he, this guy is powerful. We thought we understood who he was, but look at this. And we do that in our lives too. We're, we're like, man, how did you do that, God? And we should be in awe and reverence and, and fear of the Lord because he does such great things. Psalm 89.9, you rule the raging sea. When, it wa when its waves rise, you still them. And this morning, again, I just want to remind you guys that storms are a part of life. We will face them. You may be facing one right now. Acts 14.22 tells us, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. And a lot of pastors don't want to preach this kind of stuff, especially to new believers. They don't want to tell them that, hey, congrats, you're a Christian. Uh, you're actually going to have to still go through things. A lot of people want to say, your life's going to be just great now with the Lord on your side. And congratulations, it's going to be perfect. We know that's not the case. And if we're telling people that when they come to the Lord, we're wrong. We are absolutely wrong. But what they do have is the most powerful person in the universe on their side, they have the Holy Spirit living in them. So when those storms do come, he walks right beside them right through it. He walks right beside them right through it again. And they don't have to face things alone anymore. There's a hope in Jesus now. That's what we need to let them know. And that they'll get to spend eternity with him. Man, Jesus went through storms as well. He was crucified. He knows what it's like to go through things. He can sympathize with us. 
2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. And again, he feels what we feel. Rejection, shame, guilt, disappointment, anger, fear. He, he knows. Unexpected storms. The praise team would come up. He knows, he knows, he knows. I think uh, that God uses difficulties and trials and storms to really reveal how deep the word of God has went into our hearts, in our lives. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus told about seed falling in rocky places, but since they have no root, he said of these plants, the last, they last only a short time. And when troubles come, they quickly fall away. And Jesus didn't say if troubles come, he said when they come. They will come. So we go through these storms, I believe, it's, and it's, it's, it's evident in my life, we go through these storms so we can go deeper in God. And that's, that's a weird way to look at it, but if you think about it, every time he brings you through something, he shows you, I'm faithful. Dive in deeper with me. In his book, Fresh Power, Jim Cimbala says this. He says, sometimes we think we're really getting sanctified, we're really growing in the Lord, and then a storm comes along to prove otherwise. When the sun is shining and everything is going great, you don't really know what kind of Christian you are. Only the unexpected storms will reveal that to you. As I close, again, faith can grow its best when you face unexpected storms. And, and, you, and again, you might question, how is that? How can that be? And I believe it's, it's because when we feed our faith in the midst of whatever we're going through, and here's another quote I came across, this isn't happening to us, it's happening for us. If we can change those, that perspective around that, all right, I'm in this storm, I wasn't expecting it. It's caught me by surprise. I don't know why I'm having to deal with this, but I, I'm going to trust you, Jesus, to bring peace, to say to this storm to be still. And I'm going to know that whatever I'm dealing with, it's not happening to me. It's happening for me to be able to grow deeper in you. Look back at verse 35 where the story started, it said on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus had already given them this word before the storm came. He said, let us cross over to the other side. He already knew, we're gonna go through. We're gonna go on the other side, we have an appointment. Jesus already knows whatever you're dealing with, whatever comes up in your life, he already knows you're gonna make it through. He had told them, we're going to go to the other side. And you're going to make it to the other side of whatever you're dealing with this morning. We have to feed our faith through studying his word, through worship, through prayer, through, through coming together as a body of believers and encouraging each other. God doesn't always take us out of the storm. A lot of times he just walks right with us through it. And that's so comforting to know that he does that for us. If you guys will stand and bow your heads.
Let's lock in on God for just one minute here. And we can prepare for these unexpected storms, you know, by feeding our faith. You know, I shared that story about Sarah's cousin, Victoria. She had made her preparation. She had prepared to meet her Savior. The storm came and she's now with Jesus. And our family can rest in that. So I ask you this morning, will you be better prepared the next time you face a storm? Again, because the storms will come. You may be dealing with one right now and you cannot see through it. Are you prepared? Are you clinging to Jesus like you need to be? Maybe this morning you don't even know Jesus as your savior and you want to know him. You want him in your life so you don't have to go through this alone anymore. Father, I just pray right now that faith would grow in our lives this morning, grow in our hearts this morning. Right now, God, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you sweep through this place and rest on people's hearts, rest on their minds and their lives right now, God, with whatever they're dealing with. Father, we can do nothing in and of ourselves. God, we need you. We need your presence, God. We need you to change situations, Father. And Lord, even if they don't change immediately, we need to know that you're right there with us. We're struggling right now, God. Some of us in here are struggling right now, God, to feel you in the midst of the storm. Father, I pray that that faith arises in us this morning. Lord, that we lean into you, that we go deeper in you right in the midst of whatever we're facing. 